Welcome to Streaming with Two Dudes, a podcast about all things streaming. Each week we talk about some of the best series, songs, movies, and shows. I'm one dude, Parker. I'm the other dude, Jeff. And dudes, this week, or well, this month, we are celebrating Happy Holidays. And this this week, we are watching Let It Snow, a 2019 Netflix romantic comedy holiday film but first jeff what have you been streaming all right so sometime in the last couple of weeks my daughter-in-law daughter-in-law watched the movie i believe it's called spirited on i believe apple tv uh with will ferrell and mr ryan reynolds kind of a more of a comedic take on the christmas carol story Mm -hmm. yeah and um it was pretty good i would definitely recommend it i don't know if you'll crack anybody's like top 10 christmas movies of all time or anything like that but it's uh it's worth a watch for sure that's um, awesome uh had a, had a nice little you know because there's so many movies that whether it's a different version of christmas carol or it's basically heck even whether it's a hallmark movie and it's just copying the same story so it's been done so many times so uh, you know this this one done it in a way to where it's, it's different enough and of course i mean you got some heavy hitters in there with ryan reynolds and will ferrell so you know, even if you're, if you're one of those that's tired of that same story, it's still worth a watch. What's your favorite version of A Christmas Carol? Wow, that's a good question. I'd probably have to see a list of all the different ones, but probably one of the originals. Or maybe... Um, it could be a re- or like a retelling of it. Like, It's a Wonderful Life, you know, like something like that. Like, I can, I would consider that a version of, you know, like like that. But, you know, something along those lines of a guy gets taken, seeing how his life would be different brought back and then changes his life around christmas didn't um what's the bald-headed guy patrick oh he was either in star trek i don't forgot his name but he's whatever version he's in i I really like that one but i mean it's a christmas carol yes yes him sorry yeah i blinked there for a second i was like it is patrick but why can i not think of his last name but yeah (laughs) yeah patrick stewart i would you know what honestly and this is it's been my favorite but even watching it like rewatching it as an adult, it's still my favorite is Muppet Christmas Carol. Really? It's, yeah. And if you go back and watch it, it's actually like pretty true to the original telling. And it's a musical. And Michael Caine, like he's just brilliant in it. Like he does not even pretend like he's, you know, like it, it's just he's not in a Muppet movie. Like he is legitimately like playing Scrooge in a world inhabited by Muppets. And like there's some comedic elements to it, you know, like in the the true Muppet fashion, but for the overall, like most part of it, like it's still really true to the original story and it's great. Love it. Watch it every year. I figured you're going to go with the Mickey Mouse version. No, no, no. Muppets Muppets. all the way, bro. Muppets all the way. It's been my favorite, my favorite, one of my favorite Christmas movies since it came out, honestly. Uh, Love it. Well, Um, what about you? What you been streaming? um, I'm actually gonna go on a lighter side of things uh not even in a holiday not even in a holiday mood uh, but i'm gonna talk about a show called snack versus chef it's like a one of those cooking reality shows but this one the contestants you know each one gets eliminated each week but the premise around this show is they're given a certain amount of time to replicate certain snack foods and then they get judged based on those uh each and like it's it's pretty cool um how each one of these chefs like go about trying to recreate something. I really have a lot of fun with it. And it's it's this week, you know, I've had a busy week this week and I kind of needed a show that was just kind of 
on in the background, and this fit that perfectly. What does that what does that stream on? That's on Netflix. That's on Netflix. Yeah, gotcha. yeah, yeah. Yep. And speaking of Netflix, this week we watched the 2019 film Let It Snow, which is a also, you know, a Netflix original, but this was Jeff's jam this week. Jeff, what can you tell me about this movie? All right. Well, as far as some of the the main characters, I uh, just kind of give you some background on them as far as what else they've been in. And uh, so the girl that played Julie, uh, Isabella Merced, you may have seen her in some other stuff. She was in the movie Instant Family, uh, which had Mark Wahlberg. Uh, if you haven't seen it, that's actually a pretty good movie. And, and she was also in the, I guess, the movie version of The Door in the Lost City of Gold, which actually was a really good movie. I forgot. We were visiting family and had some nieces and nephews, and they wanted to watch it, and it was actually really good. So she I haven't was in seen that, that one. And then the guy that played Stuart, uh, Shamik Moore, he is also a singer and rapper in real life, um, but he also voiced um miles morales spider-man yep spider-man into the spider-verse in his upcoming sequels yeah and i actually remember him from another netflix original called uh dope he was in that and it was pretty good because whenever i saw his face that he was he was one of the few people that when he popped up i was like i know that dude i know him from somewhere and then when i looked him up i was like oh he was in dope and of course he was you know he's miles morales like you said which is where I didn't, I didn't recognize him, but I love that film. So it was cool realizing that that was him. But All right. I don't know if you recognize the girl that played Addie at all, uh, Adaya Rush. Uh, she was in Goosebumps and also another well-known movie called Lady Bird. Yep. And then the girl that played Angie or Duke, what's her nickname? Kernan Shipka. She was on several seasons of Mad Men. Yep. She's really familiar. You might have also seen she was on The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina yep. on Netflix. And then more recently, the sixth season of Riverdale, which yep. I've not seen yet. So she was on that. And then the guy that played Tobin, Mitchell Hope, for any Disney fans, he was in The Descendants 1 and 2. Like a lot of wintry Christmas movies, this film, it was filmed in Canada, uh, Toronto and Millbrook, Ontario. And the movie was based on the book by the same name. And of course, they did some different variations, you know, for the movie version, but it was based on the book. There you have it. I didn't really come across a lot of like really interesting tidbits. So mainly just the actors and actresses and um, some of their stuff on them. Were you able to find out anything that was like, like the differences between the book and the film or? So Dory's relationship uh, with the cheerleader Mm -hmm. um that that was completely different from the movie uh they're i'm sorry different from the book Uh, the book did not have any like same-sex relationships in it okay um now it it did focus on like three or four main relationships but that was totally different for the movie that was the main one that stuck out there was a couple of minor differences like as far as uh, Julian Stewart, they made some changes there. For example, I think in the book, Julie was the one that was like passing through town. Okay. Type deal. So they, they kind of switched it up a little bit. Okay. Gotcha. So, like, basically, like their roles were reversed as far as the, uh, yeah, a little bit. The, the characters. Okay. So she would have been the, the pop star and he would have been the hometown. I don't dude. know if she was acting a, a pop star per se, but, um, I'd have to go back and read up on that. But I just remember them saying that, yes, yeah, so the roles were, 
reverse just a little bit. Okay, I got you. All right. Well, this week I am going to just based on the type of movie that this is, I'm going to ask for if I'm allowed a cheat sheet for this week, just so I can look at the characters' names. Because honestly, there were so many of them that it was so hard. I was like, man, there's no way that I'm going to be able to memorize these characters' names. If it's cool with you. Permission granted. Okay. So I'm going to be using this right here. I know you can't see this if you're listening at home, but all this is right here is just a Wikipedia of who the characters are and who they were played by and just a brief summary of their character. So what I'm going to do with this one, it's going to be kind of all over the place, kind of like the film is. So what I'm going to try to do is I'm going to try to, the way I thought of this film was there was really four really forced main storylines that kind of, you know, intersected with each other. And that's kind of how I saw it. I, I saw it as, you know, you had the main storyline slash love story uh, between Julie and Stuart, which is one. You have another love story, which is Tobin and Angie slash Duke, which is that's another love storyline. And then you have the third storyline, which is actually a friend's like a friend love, like a friendly love. And that's between Addie and Dory. In my opinion, those relationships that that they have aren't really they're they're kind of like subplots to their story, their their actual love story. Whether or not they get together with their people or not doesn't really matter at the end. It's more about them becoming like them realizing that they're friends. And then the fourth one would be what's his name? K-Star Pal. What was it? K-Star Pal Money. Yeah, K-Star Pal Money in his quest to throw a party and become famous. And that one, you know, I really wouldn't even count that as like a full storyline. That's pretty much just there to kind of tie the whole thing together. But I'm going to explain each one of these love stories in their own little thing. And we'll go from there. So Let's we're gonna do start. It. All right, we're gonna start with the main one. We're gonna start with Julie and Stewart. So I mean, well, this whole thing is narrated by Joan Cusack. I'm gonna get that out of the way. So it starts off with a narration from her, um, and she actually plays this the town's crazy lady. Um, she doesn't even actually have a name. She's just like the tow truck driver, and she's like dresses in tin foil, and she's. The crazy lady, but she's actually, you know, the wisest person there. But she won't ever tell why she wears the tin foil. So we never found that out. Um, I was a little disappointed in that too. Yeah, I was a little disappointed, but she was okay. great. I will say. Yeah, that. I love um, her. She was awesome. So we get a, we get a narration from Joan Cusack, you know, talking about snow, which is basically this whole thing. It starts out uh, on Christmas Eve. We got Julie. She is going to try to find this little figurine for her mom for Christmas and that she can't find it. So she gets on a train to go back home and she bumps into Stuart, who is this pop star sensation. He's like 20 years old and he is, I forget where he's headed exactly, but they're on a train together. They bump into each other. He drops his phone. She picks it up for him. Uh, She's not really, you know, in awe of him because she doesn't really care who he is. He's, you know, pretty much intrigued by this. Uh, the train comes to a stop and, you know, she's like, I just live right over the hill. He's hungry and he sees this, this restaurant. So they're like, well, we're just going to go, you know, right down here. He talks her into, you know, eating a waffle with her, with him. They're there for a little bit. People start to notice him and they freak out and leave. 
he spends the day with her, you know, just doing various activities. They go to her house. He meets her mom, who is sick and dying. He meets her grandfather, who is a big Rolling Stones fan. They uh, bond over that. You know, she's starting to fall for him. They're kind of falling for each other. She's softening up. Oh, she, oh I'm sorry. I skipped over the fact that she, we found out she got accepted to Columbia. And she's struggling with this the whole time because, you know, her mom's sick and she can't leave her, leave her mom. So they're at the party, like at, at her house, you know, Stuart's like, you know, you really need to, to tell your mom about it. She deserves to know, you know, you still should live your life. And, and then Stuart's publicist finds her, finds him there, gets him dressed and ready to go. They leave. The publicist is basically like, you know, like, don't worry. He, you know, does so many girls. He's, he begs, Stuart begs uh, Julie to come with him. She declines and stays there with her mother. Her and her mother have a heart to heart. And she, you know, finally spills it all out for her mother. Her mother tells her that she'll be fine, that she needs to live her life and to continue living. So she basically decides to go to Columbia she goes to the party that's being held at the Waffle Place. Because I keep wanting to say Waffle House, and I'm going to want to say Waffle House the whole time. I can't even remember what it was called. But where eventually Stuart shows back up, they decide to become an item and date. And that's the end of their storyline. And then love storyline is Tobin and Angie. Tobin and Angie, are they starting out at, we'll just call them K-Pow. K Pal's place, and he's kind of showing them, you know, the plans for the party that he's going to have at his house when his parents, you know, because his parents are going out of town. So Tobin has a thing for Angie. K Pal is basically like, he sees this and he's telling him, like, you know, like, hey, you know, you should, you should tell her. We can see that Tobin, you know, he's kind of reserved and shy. So he's probably not going to be doing that anytime soon. K Pal's parents come back and decides that you know because the head, the snow is too heavy their flight got canceled and so there will not be a party at cape house house and he gets called in to work to go work at the waffle house where they decide to have the party so that's pretty much how his storyline goes the restaurant is actually called waffle town waffle town yeah i know that's i, I just i just, I, just waffle house is gonna it's gonna want to be when i want to call it I had to look it up because I kept thinking Waffle House too. But <laughs> yeah, but then I remembered when her uh, Julian Stewart first walked up. You know the W's burn out, mm-hmm. and she's like, "It's awful town." Yeah, <laughs> the actual restaurant is uh, Johnny Be Good. Oh, cool. I wonder if that's like a Johnny Rockets type place. That's what it looks like. Oh, cool. So Angie has plans with um with this guy named JP. She asks Tobin if, you know, they want to hang out. So they hang out and they're going to go play some uh, push broom, which I have no idea what that game is. It looks like hockey without any high skate ice skates uh, played with like these push brooms. It looks kind of cool. It looks fun. There's some tw- these twins there that they're playing against and they kind of beat the crap out of Tobin. Tobin decides he's not going to take that. And in an act of rebellion, he steals the keg and he's going to take it over to the party. The twins catch them, all three of them, as they're trying to escape, and they're on the chase. Uh, they get stuck on a hill going up, going up in the snow, which I've done before, and it's that's a scary feeling. 
they wind up getting hit by the twins and their Mustang and get pushed up the hill a little bit. I think it was a Mustang. Might have been a Charger. Can't remember. And they get pushed up the hill a little bit, which knocks them uh, out of their slick spot. They get some traction, take back off. They outrun the twins who wind up getting sliding into a snowbank. Uh, they get a flat tire, which causes them to lose their traction, and they slide off the road. They go and take sanctuary in a church. Tobin starts playing the organ. Him and Angie are having a moment as they sing. Angie gets up and starts dancing with JP, and this bothers Tobin. He decides he's going to go back out to the car, and him and Angie kind of have a moment where Angie follows him and is like, hey, is what's bothering you? And basically calls him out and asks him if he's jealous. This kind of, you know, hurts his feelings. So he goes back out to the car. I can't remember if that's where he pretended to be a a wise man or not, but he actually pretended to be a wise man in the play, um, which is where another another place where everybody kind of met up for a little bit, which really silly, a really silly scene. Um, But anyways, uh, JP and Angie decide to go to a friend or his friend's party. So they leave Tobin there with his car. Tobin gets... um, pulled out by the tow truck driver. He gets to the party. Angie winds up coming up to him at the roof, winds up realizing, telling him that she realizes that it's always been him, and they kiss, and now that now they are together. That's the end of their storyline. Okay. For the third and final storyline that I will be talking about, we got Addie and Dory. They are best friends. Um, Dory, she's kind of this outcast girl but you know she has her own vibe she does her own thing you know everybody thinks she's super cool but you know she feels like she's not her best friend is Addie uh she is this girl who has a boyfriend she's like always on her phone she's worried that her girlfriend or her boyfriend is cheating on her she's basically stalking him seeing where everywhere he goes Dory she has to go to work while she's at work, she notices that this group this group of dancers comes in and this, she recognizes one of the girls as somebody that she had a romantic night with. And, you know, it was more than just a hookup. They had a really nice you know, conversation, had a real connection, uh, but the girl's kind of ignoring her. So, you know, they're kind of having their whole time there back and forth. And eventually they wind up meeting up in the bathroom and making out. Then we go to Addie. Addie is on the hunt for her boyfriend and she goes to his house and find out that she has been or that he's been picked up by a group of people with a girl driving and this bothers Addie. So she's off to go to the restaurant to find him and the people and see what he's doing. Uh, She gets picked up by the tinfoil lady who tries to talk some sense into her, but she's not listening. And the tinfoil lady throws her phone out of the window and he gets ran over. She makes it to the restaurant. She is being super jealous. Uh, she's screaming and yelling at her at her boyfriend. Uh, she winds up pouring a milkshake on one of his friends who calls her a psycho. And then she leaves. Dory follows her out. She's kind of in a bad headspace herself. And she's also a little frustrated with Addie. So she kind of, you know, she tells her some things that Addie needs to hear, but she does it a little harshly. Addie runs off and she comes back in contact with a tinfoil lady and 
they kind of have a moment. Addie realizes that her friendship really is what is important to her and what really matters to her. So she decides to go and get a pig for Dory as an apology. And she makes it back to the party and her and Addie, they reconcile and they both apologize for the things that they have said to each other and the way that they have acted. And she gets a pig and their storyline is complete. And with a bonus of Addie, who we kind of see is meeting JP at the end. So they might have a little romance because, you know, we still like JP. He was a good guy, even though him and Angie aren't together. We don't feel bad. We don't we don't want anything bad to happen to that guy because he was still a nice guy. I like JP. We know he looks like he's in his mid thirties, but he does. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Um, The end. I actually did a lot more. I think I did a lot better than I, than I thought I was going to when I watched the movie. I remembered a lot more. Maybe my medicine's working. Well, I'm also curious to hear how well you enjoyed the movie because you did remember quite a few details. So, yeah, I'll give you an A for that one. You, you did pretty well on that one. Thanks, thanks, thanks. What did you think about this movie? Let's get to hear. Let's hear what you thought about this film. Well, I'm thinking this week we should let you go first. All right. This is absolutely not my kind of movie at all. Uh, this is definitely your kind of movie. This isn't my kind of Christmas movie. So I'm going to probably judge this a little bit harsh, more harshly than you will. Because the way we're kind of doing this, we're kind of picking these based on the categories. And with this being a Christmas movie, it, or even just like a holiday movie based around the holidays, it's set at Christmas Eve. So that, you know, that being said, it... It, it's a holiday the romance movie like it's it even for that you know it's kind of it's kind of bland you know i didn't really i didn't really laugh i didn't really like the the love storylines either one of the love storylines that much they weren't really i don't know they didn't really do much i like the friendship storyline the dory the dory storyline and the, the dory and addy storyline were was my favorite storyline out of all of them uh i will say that and i did really enjoy joan cusack's character uh i think i think i probably would have enjoyed a movie with them a lot more you know just like focused on their friendship and focused with maybe more of the joan cusack character somehow because i really didn't i don't know i know i know that the julie storyline was was good with her mother i will say that like that scene with her mother whenever she was you know talking about who's going to take care of her that was that was almost emotional for me that almost got me but that wasn't it, it, it just wasn't quite there um but that was probably one of the best moments of that storyline um i really did enjoy the some of the actors but they also I don't know. There was something about all of the actresses that they they picked for the like the young ladies that they picked in this film, because like the one looks like I can't remember I can't remember names, so I'm just gonna say their their roles that they've played. But um, the girl that they picked to play Addie, she kind of looks like. A, a different version of Mila Kunis. Um, it's almost like 
identical to a younger version. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, the other people that I don't know their names, the girl that played, the girl that played Dory, she looks like a version of, um, I can't think, the girl that played uh, Kim in Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with that one, but she was the drummer in the band on that one. And then what was her name? Well, you got Angie or Dory? Julie. 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 Okay. The girl that played Julie. She she reminded me of the girl that plays Wednesday in the new in the new okay. um Wednesday sh- like series. So it was like they all kind of were just like this like alternate versions of like these actresses that I was already familiar with. So that was kind of interesting. But yeah, and I don't know, the first time I watched it, honestly, the first time I watched it, it took me a while to catch on that that Julie and Addie were two different people. The first couple of scenes, I kind of thought that they were the same person. Uh, and that was a little confusing. And I don't know why. I don't know why I thought that, that maybe I just wasn't paying close enough attention. Uh, but with all that said, I am going to give this one... So I'm going to give it a 1.5. And I'm giving it one for the friendship storyline and I'm going to give it a 0.5 for Joan Cusack because yeah, the rest of it, man, just wasn't there. Like, I don't know. It just wasn't Christmassy enough. The love stories didn't really, didn't really do it for me. And you mean mean Joan Cusack don't get a full, a full. Well, she wasn't in it enough. (laughs) If she was in it more, if she would have been in it more, I would have given her a full point, but she was only in it for a good, maybe five minutes of the film. And, and I could and, I could have done with some more Jim Cusack. And always, we'll, we'll do this for, out of five snowflakes. Out of five snowflakes, you're right. Okay, five snowflakes. Which this movie had a lot more than five snowflakes, but <laughs> I'm only gonna give it one point five because based on this movie, did it did it trigger any memories of like if did you ever have a white Christmas or maybe snow days? Um, I mean, we had snow days in school, but I mean, I didn't live in like. I lived out in the country, so when we had snow days, it was just at our house. We didn't really get to go and, like, get snowed in anywhere. Um, I mean, I have snow days here from time to time, but even there, then it's just, I'm just sitting here. I've never been snowed in at a place yet, so knock on wood, I don't ever have to. You ever had a white Christmas? I have. When I was younger, we had a couple in Tennessee, but... I didn't. I haven't been here for Christmas yet, but I think we're actually supposed to have a white Christmas here. So this year, so kind of excited about that. What about you? I know I've had one white Christmas. Um, of course, you know, similar probably to you in Tennessee and Eastern North Carolina, we didn't you know get a lot of snow, mm-hmm. and definitely not around Christmas time. But I remember I was probably about twelve or thirteen, and just like the movie, it was December twenty fourth. And me and my dad were at the mall, not even sure what we were doing. I don't think we were like picking up last minute Christmas gifts or anything. We may have just been just burning some time until I guess some of the family stuff started that night. And we remember like walking in and out of the stores that there was just a lot of commotion coming from like the main aisleway in the mall. And, and there was a chance of snow, but you know, if Tennessee is anything like, North Carolina, 
you always hear about the chances of snow and 90% of the time and it, it never materializes. So you, you kind of learn not to get your hopes up. Right. Uh, so of course we, we go out and see what all the commotion is and we look outside and, you know, snow's coming down, you know, pretty good. Um, so we went ahead and went home and we were supposed to meet family that night, which we still did, uh, like at a steak, steak barn or something. And I think by the end of the night, we had like eight inches of snow, which, you know, for our area was just like insane. Um, Of course, you know, where you're at now, y'all recently had almost eight feet. So eight inches doesn't sound like very much. But uh, (laughs) up to that point, it was the largest snow I'd ever been in. And But the weird thing was, is, of course, as awesome and exciting as it was to have a white Christmas, you know, kids in the South, you know, you don't get snow toys and stuff for Christmas. You know, you get other types of toys that, right. that you, you want to play outside. And we had like the cold stuck around. So that snow didn't go anywhere for a while. So I got all, you know, all these kids, we got all these cool toys and stuff that we couldn't play with outside for like huh. the first week uh, because, you know, the snow and, you know, which eventually turned to ice. And um, so we had to wait a good while almost till, you know, school started back up before we could actually. Uh, play with all our new stuff outside um, but it was it was still awesome to, to have a white Christmas and um, of course you know snow days were always awesome it's you know you're seeing the snow and, and you're you're watching the local news to see if your school name pops up at the bottom um, oh, yeah. or your county district to see if you know if school's been canceled and I don't know about you, what it was like for y'all in Tennessee but most of our big snows the few that we had we're always like late winter, if not even early spring. It depends. But, we got them in like January or February. Yeah, I mean, it seems like ours are either February or, or sometimes March. And uh, now since I've been in South Carolina, we did have a big like 18-inch snowstorm. And that's by far the biggest one um, I've been in, which was a lot of fun. Um, I only missed like a day and a half of work, but still, it, uh, right. it was... It was fun to have a few days to kind of play out in the snow and and uh, torment the kids with snowballs and all that kind of stuff. Well, your age is starting to show. You're starting to talk about the weather. Talk about this. Talk about this movie and what you thought about that, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I'm I'm a weather nut, man. I grew up watching the Weather Channel. <laughs> I love a good hurricane. <laughs> so uh, I, I've always is it's it's probably weird that I didn't become a meteorologist because I was always so interested and captivated by it but as far as the movie i mean you hit on it earlier man this was like this was my jam i guess what i like so much about it is they took a lot of the different relationships and and put them in one movie so you had julian stewart which you know is the celebrity and then the the non-celebrity but you know julie wasn't like enamored by him which i thought was cool you know she wasn't the type that kind of fell on his feet or was like oh my gosh look it's you know it's Stuart, the pop star it's like she's like whatever you know i don't even really care for your music even though she did secretly love this you know the song that was out at the time so you had that relationship and then with tobin and duke you had the classic boy girl who you know either lived next door or were just best buddies all these years but you know there was an underlying you know, love uh, and feelings going on there that, and they're just trying to bring it to the surface and start talking about it. So you, 
you had that relationship at play. And then like you mentioned, you had a strong uh, like female friendship there. And then kind of like on the side plot, you had Dory and um, the cheerleader that she she kind of struck up a relationship with. So I feel like, I feel like this movie offered a lot of the different relationships, but it, it did it all in one movie. And I don't know, I just thought it did it really well. And, and maybe it's because I've watched so many Hallmark movies and I've just gotten used to that same formula and maybe same quality that I just felt like this one was, was a little different. It was different enough to me. I was like, wow, okay, this is, this is better than 99% of the Hallmark movies, you know, that we typically watch. So that, I guess that just made me appreciate it more uh, <laughs> that it was at least different. I don't know. I just, I really, you know, where you didn't care much for the love stories. I, I, I really got into them, especially with, uh, my favorite, I think you said your favorite was the friendship with Addie and Dory, but my favorite overall would have been Julian Stewart, just as actors, just the storyline in general. Like I said, I like the celebrity versus, you know, non-celebrity aspect there. And and then, of course, like you said, her storyline with her mom. So there was a lot going on there. I thought, I thought that, that storyline in general had more depth. Um, so it was definitely more captivating, kept me more interested. Like you said, this this is this is my wheelhouse right here, and the first time I watched it a couple of years ago, I wasn't sure what to expect, and I came out of it thinking, "Man, that, that was really good." This is definitely one of those movies I I could easily rewatch, not think twice about it. Just really enjoyed it. Uh, I was a little fearful that maybe this would be one. I'm still waiting. Eventually, I'm going to get one that's like this. It's in my wheelhouse, and then Parker's going to be like, "You know what, man? I." I was surprised. I really enjoyed that, but um, we haven't hit it yet. But that's not, that's not entirely true. You picked. I liked American Werewolf in London, and you picked that one. No, I mean as far as picking this type, this kind of the traditional like high school love drama. Oh my gosh! Whatnot. Um, I mean, I picked American Werewolf, and I ended up not even liking it that much. But. <laughs> yeah, I think I liked it more. So having said all that, I mean, that's what makes us unique and different. I mean, we obviously, we have different opinions. We have different likes and tastes. Out of five snowflakes, I'm giving this one a hefty four. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes. I'm telling you, I love this movie. All right. Now I understand why you wanted to go first. Why you wanted me to go first? <laughs> <laughs> because you didn't want me to give it a worse score based on yours. All right, that makes sense. All Maybe right. I should have went first because I think it was uh, wasn't last week, but probably the week before, where you admitted I, I may have talked you up a little bit since I went first. Well, it was probably Sierra Burgess. Yeah, I think um, you, you you were going to settle on a one and a one and a half, and I may have talked you up to a two. Yeah. I don't think you would have talked me up on this one, though. <laughs> That's pretty firm on my one and a half. In fact, honestly, when I was talking about it, I think I decided to give an extra, the extra half point for Joan Cusack because I was just going to originally count her as part of their storyline. <laughs> With that being said, I gave it a one and a half. You gave it a hefty four, which which adds up to 5.5 total snowflakes. Divide that by two, give us an average of 2.75 snowflakes for this film, which is slightly above average, which eh, I guess uh, I guess if you're considering it like a Hallmark type 
Christmas movie. This was definitely above average. So I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Uh, the, the one thing I was holding out hope for, though, because I mean, I, I know you don't have the same affection for Christmas movies as I do. I just don't, I like Christmas movies. Like, uh, well, that's the thing. What's the thing is I, I enjoy Christmas movies and movies based around Christmas. It's usually just the romantic Christmas movies that gotcha. kind of like, I'm like, uh, they're too formulaic. You know what I'm saying? It's usually like city type girl slash guy has to go into the country to get away or to go visit family and meet the small towns. Girl next door, guy next door. And like I said, that was one of the reasons I liked this one. I, I didn't <laughs> feel like it followed extremely heavily the same formula that Hallmark uses over and over. Uh, I felt like it, it changed it up a little bit. And, and actually, you've got Christmas movies, and then you have movies that take place around Christmas time. Yeah. And I thought this one fell in the latter. This, to me, it didn't really, and I think you even mentioned that it, you didn't think it was a real heavy Christmas movie because... No. You know, it, it takes place around Christmas time, and to me, that was about the extent of it. Uh, whereas, you know, holiday. I mean, as far as Hallmark, I mean, they have a checklist of things where the couple has to go ice skating. They have to go pick out a Christmas tree. They this like Steph and I will joke. It's like we'll we'll basically anticipate. It's like, oh, this is where the girl's going to trip and fall, and the guy's got to catch her. And so it's like you can you can almost make bets on when certain things are going to happen. I at least thought this one didn't. It wasn't as formulaic as, is that a word? Formulaic? Yeah, formulaic. Nice. Uh, it's not as bad as Hallmark anyway. So that's probably what made me appreciate it a little bit more is uh, I at least thought it took a slightly different approach. I mean, you but, do realize that that two out of those three things that you just said were in the Julie and Stuart storyline. They didn't pick out a Christmas tree. That was the one that they didn't do. But, I mean, they didn't go ice skating, but they did go sledding. They went sledding, which is the well, same thing. I, I didn't bring up sledding, though. I brought up ice skating. No, but you said ice skating. which picking is Picking up a tree and okay. the girl falling. <laughs> and the girl falling. That literally was the first thing that happened when the train stopped. He literally, She fell over and he called her. Like but that, but that <laughs> one was, was funny and well done because she just got out of her mouth. I'm not the type that's going to fall at your feet or fall. Okay, okay. And then it happens. literally such a Hallmark type thing. That's literally like a Hallmark type moment. Like where it's like, I would never fall for you. Whoa. And then she looked at it and was like, and then she looked at it and said, that was the train. I Mm. actually thought that was pretty funny. Yeah. He just, he just described, (laughs) he just described the Hallmark movie in the movie. out of the three things I mentioned, only one happened. What are you talking about? Yeah, but okay, okay, but the argument could be made that yes, they didn't go ice skating, but the sledding is literally just the just the filler. This is literally the same thing as the it's like t- same type of scene. It's just a different activity. It's where it's like the let's go back to being a kid and like and do this type of fun activity together. And that's like they're holding hands, skating around the ice skating rink while one of them's good and one of them's bad. I mean, and... if, we're, if we're going to categorize it the same type, <laughs> then that means all Christmas movies are copying each other. Because, I mean, they all do some form of, you know, Christmassy things. Exactly. Especially the romantic ones, which is why I don't like them. But 
Okay. I'm, I, I'm just I'm just a cheesy, helpless, <laughs> you are. helpless you romantic. Are. So it's not hard to please me when it comes to these type of movies, which is why I continue to watch the stupid Hallmark movies every single year. And that's um, why I love you. Yeah. So. So, yeah, that's just, you know, it's, it's, it's not difficult when it comes to these type of movies. <laughs> All right. So I believe the winner for. Oh, wait. Right. Who is your dude or dud of the week? I'm going to go with a dude and I'm going to pick Julie. Okay. I just really liked her character from start to finish. Like I said, she's the type that she doesn't go along with the crowd. She's not glued to her phone. She's got a very strong personality. You know, she wasn't enamored by celebrity. Plus she gave me my favorite quote in the movie when she said, you know, snow hides a lot. It's like the Spanx of weather. <laughs> I did that laugh was, at that. That was pretty funny. Uh, but no, I just liked everything about her character, just relationship with Stuart, her mom. And you, you got to admit, it was, it was probably kind of cool the way, and you mentioned it in your recap, because the grandfather was kind of hard on Stuart to begin with. But then, of course, their love of music and, and the way they kind of broke out their Mick Jagger dances and mm-hmm. So I thought that was kind of a neat scene where they kind of bonded because, you know, the granddad was kind of tough on them to begin with. So it's kind of cool to see that play out. But so, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm going to give uh, the dude to Julie. She has some really cool quotes. And I just I really loved her character from start to finish. What about you? I'm, I'm going to assume you're going to probably have a dud in this one. Uh, I'm actually going to go with a dude. I didn't really mention this character. Neither one of us have. Uh, but I'm going to talk. I'm going to give my dude of the week to Billy. Um, he was the long-haired employee of the Walton ah. Uh And I don't know. I really enjoyed him. Uh, when I first saw him, I thought he was going to be one of those characters that just kind of was like a stereotypical, like dopey type. But, and he kind of was that. But at the same time, the things that he actually was saying actually made me, was, uh, made me laugh. He was super positive and encouraging too. So yeah, yeah, and he was, you know, like when he was first talking about the universe, I was like, oh, he's gonna be one of these characters. But then, you know, and he was just like talking about, you know, the, uh, the, the, you know, kind of having the party there, and then asking for the bike or for his ride home, and <laughs> just with the snow and everything. It was just he was funny. Um, and then from then on out, I did enjoy his character. So I'm gonna give him dude of the weeks. So. I mean. I- I think between him and Joan Cusack, I should at least got another star or another uh, snowflake. Should have at least been a two. <laughs> no. That way it could have averaged out to a three. Nah. <laughs> but dude, we're gonna have to start doing better. I mean, we're we're like killing Christmas with our first two here. Um, well, next week we do have we do have two more chances to see if we can both get on board with the same with our same our same picks. This- we got to at least have one that averages three. I don't yeah. think that should be too difficult. Uh, our listener's choice winner for next week will be National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, which was, I believe, first mentioned by Summer. So congratulations, Summer, and thank you so much for that recommendation. This one, actually, I, I this one I've seen, I watched this one pretty recently. I don't know if I've watched it in the past two years or so, but... Definitely within the past five years, I've watched it a couple of times. How, how familiar are you with this one? So I'm definitely familiar with this movie. It's, I'm not one of those that watches it like every Christmas season, at least not from start to finish. Now, that's another one of those where 
gosh, it's on TV all the time. So I've watched multiple scenes several times. As far as sitting down, start to finish, maybe two or three times. Gosh, I don't know about you, but I know tons of people that would put this one in their top five, top ten Christmas movies, hands down. Yeah. Um, and, and for some people, it's probably listed as their favorite. Now, I probably wouldn't put it in my top five, but who knows? Maybe watching it again from start to finish because it's probably been a number of years since I've watched it start to finish. Maybe I'll uh, maybe it'll, it'll go up higher on my list. All right. And as of the current uh, time of this recording, you can find this one on HBO Max. And because technically, as you're recording this, Die Hard technically won. And we went to go and find out which, what that was streaming on. And sadly, that's not streaming on anything right now. So our runner-up was Christmas Story. So our Christmas Story. Oh, my gosh. Christmas Vacation. I have Christmas story on my brain, which actually, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of funny that I said that because these movies are kind of similar, even though they're nothing alike. They're, they're both kind of those movies that they're, even though they follow a storyline, they're kind of one of those ones, like you can kind of pop in at any moment and be like, Oh, it's this scene. And just kind of watch that one scene and then just kind of hop out of it as you're, as it's going on in the background. So yeah. Um, I'm excited to watch this one too, man. It's been a while and yeah. I'd be excited to watch it start to finish and talk about it and see where we go. This could yeah. be, be, uh, be our mm-hmm. high, highest rated one. Well, I mean, it, it's, it won't be difficult. <laughs> see, yeah. yeah, we're off to a really bad start, so it should be <laughs> difficult to, to be our highest, but uh, it'll be interesting to see how high it goes. All right, I don't so know. for my... I'm thinking, I'm thinking that our streaming, our, stream, our streaming original might, might be our winner for this month. No, no spoilers on that yet, but I think that might be our highest rated one, but yeah. All right. So for my off topic question of the week, and this one's pretty important to me and it does involve food. Here's my question. Yeah. So here's my question for you, Parker. Tater tots or French fries? Ooh. Oh, that's fucked up, Jeff. Should I, should I give you some advanced time to, to really, to mull this one over? Oh man. Oh man. I'm part Irish, dude. You can't do that to me. <laughs> You're big on potatoes, huh? Dude, no, you don't understand. I can't I can't pro- I can't process that question. I mean, I w- I'm going to have to go like if we're going to go with just like who does them like what you can get right easier french fries for sure. I feel like tater tots there's just like when you get soggy tater tots there's nothing worse than soggy tater tots. There's definitely some bad French fries out there, but man, if you don't get tater tots just right, like at least crunchy enough to enjoy them, they're just no good. But I love a good tater tot, man. I think I think if if we're just going over like if we're just gonna go over the whole spectrum, gotta go French fries, man. But I love a good tater tot. But that was not a fair question. <laughs> what about you? For me, it is every day all day tater tots mm-hmm. man and i granted you know i've not the tater tots i get are always good so i've not had to experience soggy tater tots unless i mean obviously whether it's tater tots or french fries if you get doordash or to go or whatnot it's in that styrofoam container a lot of times it's going to be soggy by the time you get home and so i just throw it in the air fryer but like literally 
if I'm trying to decide what I want to eat or where I'm picking up lunch, or even if Steph and I are trying to figure out, hey, where we're eating dinner, if our list of restaurants, if one of them has tater tots, it wins. It's like I will literally make my choice based on who offers tater tots. And I've noticed over the past few years, there's more and more restaurants doing tater tots now, whereas used to, it was like, it was always French fries or a lot of, a lot of places didn't do tater tots, but like, even like bars, you know, as far as, you know, that do the pizza and the wings and stuff, a lot of them are doing tater tots around here. So I'm always happy. Well, yeah, they're trying that. to get your business. Hey, they, they, they found out your secret. They're like, hey, these these tater tot restaurants, they're getting all the DoorDash orders. So exactly. Start with yeah, man, I love me. I love me a good tater tot. Well, all right, tater tot. Anything you want to say before we get out of here tonight? I hope everybody's enjoying the holiday season. I hope you're enjoying your season better than we are these movies so far because we've not done well. Uh, hopefully Thanks. we will pick it up and we'll, we'll finish strong. <laughs> we will finish strong and hopefully get some better ones in the mix. Hopefully. Hopefully the back half, hopefully the world picks better than we do because, because we have not done so well so far. Although um, I am really disappointed that Die Hard is not really streaming on anything that we can watch. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a little bummed, but at least we have a good, we had a good runner up to follow up. So maybe, uh, maybe that'll be what we start doing for our Patreon. Maybe we'll start putting some, uh, some movies that aren't streaming on there we can cover one of those um on there maybe we'll start talking about doing that and see if we can uh figure something out there but until we do give us suggestions on our streaming services and we will gladly watch those but um next week we'll be watching a christmas vacation and like jeff said i hope everybody is having a great holiday season i hope everybody is staying safe and most importantly, I hope everybody is doing the best that they can. Um, I know this time of year is not always the best time of year for everybody. So if you're not having the best time, uh, you know, make sure you ask for help uh, in whichever way you can. And if you don't feel like you can, there's always numbers that you can call not to get too heavy. But, you know. It is important. Um, even if you feel like there's no one else to reach out to, but Jeff and I, I can't speak for Jeff, but yeah, if you ever needed to reach out to people, um, feel free to reach out to me. If you have to do that through our email or anything like that, feel free to reach out to me. And if I can't help you, I will definitely use the resources I have to make sure that you do find help. So with that being said, I uh, hope everybody is having a great holiday season and I really appreciate everybody for spending it as little time as you probably have uh, with us. And thanks so much for listening. Thank you, Jeff, so much for doing this and for taking time out of your busy season to do this for me. I know time is valuable, um, so I appreciate that. And yeah, thank you so much. And if you have any general questions, concerns, or thoughts about what we're watching, you can email us at streamingwith2dudes at gmail.com or request to join our Streaming With Two Dudes Facebook group. Uh, just send a request on there and 
Jeff or I will accept you and you can join in on the conversations that we're having on there and you can you know you can suggest and vote on who what we'll be listening to for the theme of that month links to our patreon and our socials are in the show notes thank you so much and remember the road is that white thing in between the mailboxes so try to stay on that and have a good night peace out